Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome to episode 98, and we have Miri Polacek, the CEO of Joy Ventures. Miri is the CEO of Joy Ventures and previously co-founded Israel Brain Technologies, a nonprofit envisioned by late Israeli Shimon Peres that accelerated brain-related innovation and established Israel as the global brain technology hub. She began her business career as a corporate economist at Teva Pharmaceuticals and later held financial management positions at Pfizer in New York, later vice president of finance at Integramed. Miri holds a Master's of Arts in Health Economics from Boston University and an MBA from NYU. Miri Polacek, thank you for joining me on this show. Really great, great to have to you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so, so great to have you. Uh, you know, you're going to Boston University, then to NYU Stern, moving on to all, the, all these great companies, Teva, Pfizer as financial analyst, but then going on to brain technology and now finding yourself at Joy Ventures. And it must be the best name that I can think of for any group or any organization. I would love to be a part of a group called Joy Ventures one day. So you already have my resume on the way. Uh, Awesome. (laughs) Mary, give me a little background about what you're doing uh, because it just sounds fascinating and take me through your journey a little bit. Sure. So today what I'm doing is uh, running a really cool, as you said, uh, not only by name, but really cool overall organization, a very unique one called Joy Ventures. So what we do is we focus on the wellness space, consumer products for well-being, and we do so with a very unique model, which is to build, support, and fund companies. So we don't only invest in existing startups, but we also work with innovators and entrepreneurs to actually build startups from scratch. And we even go as deep as academia to actually identify promising research and technology development uh, to work with those folks as well to try to um, turn those ideas and technologies into products and companies. So walk me, wait, 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 hold on. I I need you to walk me through that process a little bit because I get this idea of investing in existing companies. Young entrepreneurs come up to you and they say, we have this great idea. We need some support so that we can grow and scale and, and validate our product. But you're saying you have a different model it, it rings a bell to somewhat of what my friends at Team 8 are doing. What is this idea exactly. of, what, what so is this idea of forming similar. a company? Yeah, so there, there are some parallels to Team 8. So basically, um, this is a model that is actually becoming quite common um, in terms of the um, startup building. So it has many names today in the market, like Startup Studio, Venture Builder. Um, yeah, those are kind of probably the most popular uh, terms for what we do. And basically what it means is... Um, Sometimes even if you don't even have an idea yet, or you know, you're really just excited about the space, um, but perhaps you're an experienced entrepreneur and you're looking for your next um, challenge, um, you know, you can come to us or to this kind of organization. Um, specifically, if you're interested in our domain, you come to Joy, of course. And actually, we've just launched this week um, our new Entrepreneur in Residence program. Wow. EIRs are common in, in various yep. species. Um, here, what we're doing is basically working with a couple of EIRs who just joined this week. They're experienced founders. They've had exits. Um, they've got the methodology down, but now they're going to deep dive into our space and 
try to either work with our ideas that we've actually um, we've built this idea bank through various innovation programs that we've run with our um, community um, so they can either take some of the ideas off of our shelves or they can just deep dive um, you know into market research be inspired by sort of you know their understanding of um, you know the market needs and then come up with their own idea and then actually spend six to eight months developing that idea into a you know mock-up prototype um, putting together a business plan all with our you know support as needed and then come to us at the end of their EIR program wow. uh, period and basically pitch their um, their idea to us so that hopefully by the end of that period we would be ready to uh, invest and start a company with them wow okay so that that sounds incredible so it sounds like you're really tackling this the the, the part of the the validation of the product and the validation of the market through your experience and i mean having people that have gone through the journey and have have done this sort of validation and this research i think it's you know it's 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 a uh, priceless but then you know the, the the real struggle is then finding the people who are willing to take on this incredible journey for seven to nine years right and and you know marry and be passionate about the product and marry the company sort of so so is that is that do you find that to be you know the, the, at a similar caliber to the research? How do you go about even evaluating people who are coming in, you know, really fresh, or or you're looking to match people to a certain idea from this idea bank? Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Uh, it took us actually, um, I think, close to six months uh, recruiting this first cohort of uh, EIRs. We are really looking for a mix, you know, of um, the right experience, obviously, um, you know, cultural fit because they're going to be really part of the joy team right. um, for the next six to eight months. So we really wanted to make sure that there was good chemistry and that we felt that, you know, there was also some basic uh, you know, con- you know, connection to our domain. We want people to really be passionate about um, consumer products, to be passionate about um, like human centered, uh, you know, design. And, um, you know, this ultimately when we build companies or support companies, um, we want to have actually a really strong sort of multidisciplinary um team that obviously has to have a really strong, you know, entrepreneur, founder um, at the helm, but you also obviously want to have, um, you know, strong tech uh, and, and, and strong product, especially since we're in the consumer product space. We really want people to have a good understanding of, you know, market, consumer um, you know, trends and so on. So one of the things that you mentioned right before this was also this idea of, you know, wellness products and, and products that, you know, are that, that ultimately bring good to the world and, 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 you know, promote wellness, promote well-being. What does that mean to you? Give me some, you know, tangible examples. What does that mean, you know, thinking about products that are, you know, for well-being or for good? Yeah, so it's funny, um, and this is maybe a good place to, to sort of talk about my journey because... Yes. Um, you know, I grew up, um, I was born in Israel. I grew up uh, in Boston. My parents relocated uh, to Boston for work. My dad was in high tech. My mom is a neuroscientist. And actually, um, that's where my first uh, my first exposure was to the brain and um, the fascinate, this fascinating organ, right, um, yep. that controls, uh, you know, our lives. And uh, so from a very young age, this was, you know, part of the kitchen talk. And it was always very inspiring. And I had really great role models. And even to this day, when I'm almost 50 years old, I still talk about, you know, what great models my parents are very often in my interviews. Amazing. Um, 
And so um, when I went on to, uh, to study, even though I didn't go into life sciences or, um, or technology um, in my education, I, I chose economics right. uh, and business. What I found myself, though, um, really connecting to was the life science industry. And so um, very quickly, you know, I found myself, uh, you know, going into the um, pharmaceutical industry. And there I was exposed to uh, many of the, you know, central nervous system uh, illnesses, both TEPA and Pfizer are companies that are very strong in neuroscience, you know, developing products for, you know, things like uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Uh, so it's interesting, Miri, because uh, what, you're, so what you're saying here is, you know, you went into these companies as a financial analyst, right? You took your economics and you, you, you took your economics degree and you brought that into those companies. Yet what you're describing here, you're not describing your analytical work. You're describing the passion that you've yeah. accumulated over the years for the life sciences. What, what I found about myself very quickly was that, um, you know, there are two things that really drive me to an organization and to a position. Um, one is the, the subject matter. So it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, if I'm crunching numbers or if I'm, you know, if I'm doing any kind of uh, marketing or management or any kind of role, I really need to connect with the organization's mission. Um, and the second thing is obviously the people, as you know, as cliche as that is, um, connecting with the people that I'm going to work, be working with. Um, and what made me, you know, stay at any organization for such a long time was really just because I worked with really um, smart, inspiring, you know, uh, um, good people, high integrity people. And uh, so what I found myself, you know, um, doing was really working in the pharmaceutical industry, learning about not only how to be a good financial manager, uh, but also about, you know, about brain illness and about, um, about how, to, how a product, uh, you know, how a drug um, basically is developed and goes to market um, and how it's actually then, uh, com- you know, uh, marketed and, and, and um, promoted uh, over, the, over the product's long life cycle in the case of, um, you know, innovative pharmaceuticals. Uh, and then I also uh, experienced a, a short time um, in, in the non-pharma um, healthcare uh, industry. I, I worked for a um, physician practice management organization, also a very large publicly traded company, um, SVP Finance. But then um, when we moved back to Israel, actually, um, 10 years ago, after uh, living in New York for 12 years with my husband, three kids were born here, um, we, um, I found that I really still was very passionate about the life science industry, but that I wanted to... Um, really kind of make a shift from uh, from big corporate uh, to kind of sensing the, you know, the sort of the more early stage sort of startup nation uh, environment, uh, which is, you know, such a really amazing and unique uh, um, environment here in Tel Aviv, here in Israel. Very different uh, from so, the, very different from the positions that you've held up until now. Very, very different. SVP very, had a public company, Pfizer, Teva. Uh, yeah, extremely different. And as a matter of fact, when I first came back, you know, um, when I was networking and, you know, no one knew me here really because I hadn't grown up here. I didn't go to the army here. I didn't start my career here. I had spent 12 years in New York, even though I had very, you know, um, very admirable positions. You know, it, it's, you know, in Israel, obviously, people want to see your um, your back. They, people want to know you and um, they want also to see a relevant track record. So when, right. when I went and started talking to VCs and startups about joining, they said, well, you've never done this before. So, you know, um, 
doesn't matter that you have, you know, 15 to 20 years experience. You, you've never, you've never raised money. You've never done, you know, um, you've never commercialized, uh, wow. or, you know, brought a product to market. Um, so that was, that was rough. Um, but really what happened, and this is the word that I always use is serendipity. It's one of my favorite words in English, which I don't think you have, um, we have in Hebrew, um, is, you know, it was just a luck and timing. And, um, I had learned, I just found out about, um, I read in the media actually about our former president, um, Shimon Peres, uh, announcing that, um, he's going to launch this, um, initiative to drive brain research and technology yes. in Israel and yes. to turn Israel into a leading, you know, brain technology hub. And that vision really resonated with me because obviously neuroscience was like such a big passion for me um, all those years uh, as well. Well, as you know, it kind of, the whole concept and the whole vision um, was really about, um, you know, about innovation and about startups and about, you know, bringing kind of this, this kind of the brain tech startup ecosystem to the next level or right. even creating an ecosystem which really didn't exist. I mean, the different parts of um, the small Israeli community of, you know, brain researchers, uh, entrepreneurs, clinicians, you know, whether it's a neurologist, psychiatrist, neurosurgeons, no one was really talking to each other. Um, and there weren't really investors in Israel looking at the space. So, or at least, you know, they were only looking at it very initially. And what IBT, Israel Brain Technologies, which I ended up establishing um, with Rafi Gidron and a uh, very famous uh, serial entrepreneur in Israel, and which yep. I led for, for almost seven years, um, what we ended up doing was actually bringing that ecosystem together, breaking down all those silos um, and creating programs for that community, including a startup accelerator for brain wow. tech companies and international brain tech conference, um, funding for brain researchers, et cetera, um, to really push that, you know, push that um, sector forward and really establish Israel as a, um, as a strong, you know, international brain technology hub. And we really brought um, lots of important stake, global stakeholders to Israel for that wow. conversation. Um, and so that was a really amazing journey for me because I really, it, it kind of, in a way, it forced me to kind of, you know, leave the big corporate um, sort of greenhouse. You know, it was, it was an entrepreneurial venture, even though it was a non-for-profit, but it was really my first startup. Right. Um, it allowed me to keep my passion um, in life science and neuroscience and innovation, um, but also brought out in me, you know, sort of the more broader um, leadership, which I, you know, before was kind of limited to my financial hat. Now I was, you know, um, able to really be kind of the evangelist for this organization, you know, to, to be the, you know, the person that brings people together um, and to really lead all the strategic wow. aspects and you know, put together this whole operation, which I'm really proud of. It's really, um, really to this day, I think it's one of the most um, really special experiences that I've had professionally, wow. uh, you know, in my career. So, and that brings me at the end to, to joy because what I wait, want wait, to but say. Wait, wait, but Miri, I have way, I have so many questions now. You don't even know where to start. Hold on. I, I, we're going to have to have an extra long episode this time. <laughs> I have to know. So first of all, brain technology, you know, it's a black box to so many people like myself that, you know, it, it feels like it's such a complicated field that I have to go and study biology and neuroscience. And if I even want to begin to understand what's happening. So, so dumb it down for me a little bit. What can I be excited about brain technology today and you know if we're extrapolating a little bit further ahead five ten years in the future what are some of the most exciting advances in your mind as to brain technology and perhaps how it literally can shape you know our lives i'm constantly inspired by by nathan and trator from from tel aviv university with neurosteer that's about the scope of i know and and the way the work he does with that's a good place to start <laughs> that's and and still i don't yeah. understand anything from what he does that's why so, so i need you to dumb it down for me talk to me a little yeah. bit about where we're headed 
I think brain technology can be defined, uh, you know, can be defined and interpreted uh, in a variety of ways. Um, so, you know, some people think of brain technology um, as only like the sort of the type of technology that directly interacts with your brain, like brain computer interface, you know, any um, type of uh, technologies that either measure uh, your brain waves or your, your brain activity in some way or actually influence your brain activity, right? Like brain stimulation, uh, whether it's uh, deep brain invasive stimulation or non-invasive brain stimulation. So right. that's just one piece. Um, but the way I like to look at, think of brain technology is really any kind of technology, any kind of innovation um, that can really um, measure or affect our, our brain state or our brain health. So um, if you think of technology more broadly, I mean, in a way, it can also be um, pharmaceuticals, right, that can, you know, that can treat brain illness, um, but it can also be some kind of app, right, that can um, somehow through the various sensors that we have in our phones or wearables, we can, you know, somehow um, monitor our stress level or monitor, you know, monitor our anxiety level, our mood, um, depression level. So, you know, there's a startup, um, there are startups out there that are now, you know, tracking behavioral uh, or, or, or um, mental well-being, right? Companies that have raised hundreds of millions right. of dollars, like MindStrong and others that are, you know, that are um, helping people who are living with, you know, with mental illness, better manage their Amazing. illness, helping their uh, caregivers and loved ones, you know, um, be a part of that, you know, caregiving uh, and, and make sure that they, you know, that, that they get just in time uh, sort of alerts if there's something, you know, wrong going on. So it doesn't always necessarily have to be a cure. It doesn't have to be the ultimate, you know, solution for Parkinson's. But if we're doing anything to like improve people's um, well-being or health, um, and that kind of brings me to, you know, sort of the joy part of brain tech, which, I mean, we don't only do brain tech at joy, but we're looking at if most of the years I was involved in, you know, companies or organizations that were focused very much on brain illness and kind of trying to find ways to help people who have various types of brain disorders. Um, what we really focus on at joy is kind of the other side, which is the majority of people around the world, um, you know, luckily, uh, although these days during COVID, and I'll talk about that in a minute, it's a different story, but, you know, um, maybe only one in four, uh, you know, are suffering from, uh, it's still a huge number from, huge, from yeah. you know, mental illness. And there are other statistics related, obviously, to neurodegenerative disorders. But the majority of people at any given moment um, are just, you know, living there are generally healthy from a, from a brain perspective, let's say, or from a well-being perspective, they may have other issues, yep. right? We have a lot of big issues in the world regarding chronic disease and, and, you know, heart and obesity and so on. But, um, but most people are just dealing with modern life and that means, you know, stress and that means poor sleep and that means, you know, um, anxiety and sometimes just feeling down and all those things are not, you know, they're not diagnose conditions they're not described as you know some kind of illness that you necessarily have to go to get a prescription for or to start some kind of medical treatment but right. we're learning more and more about ourselves that they really affect the way they really affect our quality of life so if you know for the last 20 years people have been really focused on understanding that they need to take care of their bodies through nutrition and physical you know and, and exercise People are becoming more aware in recent years that, okay, I also have to take care of, my, of this part of my, my body, right? I need to make sure that I'm 
relaxed and I'm finding ways to kind of like reduce stress and, and find ways to just improve my daily life because the stress isn't going anywhere in most cases. I mean, most, most people can't control, um, you know, what job, some people have a choice, but a lot of people are going to be in high stress jobs. They're going to have not only stress at home, I mean, at work, they're going to have stress at home, right? The young generation is balancing. I mean, the highest, you know, level of stress today is experienced by, um, by the young generations who are balancing work and life and, and, you know, they're working very intensively, but the good news is that that young generation is actually much more aware. They already are embracing technology. They're already, you know, the ones that are trying meditation and yoga and all those things, but they're trying to see if they can find those solutions through their phones or through any kind of gadgets or devices um, because they're very tech savvy and digitally, you know, native. You know, um, you're mentioning this and and it's funny because, you know, I, so I I do enjoy taking part in a lot of projects and various opportunities. And and oftentimes that goes instead of sleep. And my girlfriend was very angry with me because she's, rightfully saying that, you know, sleep is one of the most important things and I'm not even aware of how it's affecting my mind or my body. So I got this ring uh, from a, with inspiration from... Is that aura? Yeah, it's an aura ring. Now she doesn't really allow yeah, me to aura's wear it. Yeah, aura is awesome. We but, love aura. We so, love aura. I, you know, I've been wearing it for about two weeks. We had sleep. one in the office, but someone lost it. So <laughs> now we have to order a new one. <laughs> so now, you know... We were fighting over it. Everyone was using it. Yeah. Amazing. And, but now, you know, I have to, you know, every morning I wake up, I look at my phone and I realize that, okay, it's not that I got six hours of sleep, but it's how much quality sleep did I get? And, you know, I resonate so much with right. the thing, I resonate right. so much with the things that you're saying about, you know, brain technology. And, and what I, I had a, a, an interesting episode with a friend, Dan Saider from Palo Alto, and he has bipolar disorder. He wrote extensively about it uh, in, in various tech magazines. And one, and he wor- he's working on a startup where he's trying to help people combat bipolar disorder by using the webcam of the computer to observe their facial expressions when they're working, not on Zoom when we're all smiling and happy, but in the mundane day-to-day yeah. life to give feedback. And one thing that I've realized, you know, over the past few months here is that there's just not enough people that are working on these things, not on the, on the you know, the, the illness side of it and not on the wellness side of it, which is why I think what you're doing at Joy Ventures is, is really, really awesome. I totally agree. I'm glad you you realized that because I think there's such a huge ocean of opportunity to innovate, both for people who have more serious suffering. Um, I also have a brother um, who suffers from mental illness. And that's another reason why you know it's also close wow. to my heart. Um, and that field, you know, of of um, kind of mental illness, you know, desperately needs innovation. And I think um, you know all of the you know artificial intelligence and brain inspired computing and the, you know every all of all this great talent also that's, you know, that's out there. Um, Part of my mission has been in the last 10 years, whether at Israel Brain Technologies or at Joy, is to try to get people um, who come out with these, you know, fabulous uh, degrees from, you know, from from very uh, prestigious uh, institutes. Yeah, so I really, I I really would love, you know, more and more people to discover this world um, of, you know, brain health, brain, uh, brain tech. What does it take? What what is it? What does it take for more entrepreneurs to get excited about it? Because I, I feel. And, you know, coming in now from both from both 8200 and Stanford, I'm getting a sense of I understand why why it's difficult for a lot of people to start. And and I think it stems from this perception that while, you know, I may be excited about engineering and data science going into the field of neuroscience, I feel like I need to get a Ph.D. in this in order to just begin to understand what's happening. So that's not the case. It's really not the case. I think, um, you know, first of all. 
find a neuroscientist and, and partner with them. You know, I mean, there are plenty of neuroscientists out there that would love to use their you know knowledge and 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 discoveries um, in a way that you know can help people. So um, I think it's you know it's about it's about and it's and it doesn't only take place in academia. There's right. a lot of you know great things that can happen. But I mentioned all these examples of ways that you know um, ultimately it's understanding what are the pains out there that people have and just you know seeing how you can even bring you know even just kind of off the shelf technology in a way, right? There's so many technology. The reason why we think that it's such a great opportunity today is because not only has science come so far, but technology has come so far that you can do so much today with available technology, just finding a way to make it accessible, you know, to people who need it. Uh, and, you know, and there's so many great things that you can do today to like influence, you know, our state of mind, whether it's mixed reality, um, you know, using VR, AR, um, and, and EEG is just one part of, of measuring, but there's so many ways that you can influence. You can, there's so many ways to stimulate our brain, right? We can stimulate ourselves, any, any of the senses, all of our senses end up, you know, affecting how we feel, right? So it's enough that for you to kind of, do some kind of vibration on my wrist right. and you can help me calm down. Um, you can, you know, it doesn't have to be kind of this deep tech, you know, brain stimulation. Right. It can be just, you know, hey, it can even be just a game. So we look at companies now that are doing um, really cool games to help kids like deal with their emotions. Amazing. Uh, train, train them, train kids to, at a, from a very young age to be more empathetic, teach them wow. empathy, teach them kindness. You know, so it's about not only kind of feeling good, but it's also making us kind of better people. Um, Incredible. And I think as long as, you know, you're the kind of person that wants to also, you know, do something good um, and you and, you know, and you're really passionate about technology, there's no reason why you can't mix both of those up. And it doesn't mean that doing good is, you know, is doesn't make money. There's huge markets for, you know, for all of these types of applications. And it's only growing. If you take um, my, I, maybe my last comment will just be that, you know, these days with, with the, with the global pandemic, it's just unbelievable. The impact that it's had on, um, on people's, uh, you know, emotional well-being and general well-being. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that until now didn't realize or didn't kind of say, oh, yeah, I'm also stressed. They kind of always see people around them and, oh, it's not my problem. Right. But now there isn't, I think, one person on the planet um, that hasn't experienced, you know, sort of the stress and anxiety uh, and depression associated with this whole, you know, uncertainty um, around the, you know, pandemic, whether it's financial, you know, financially driven because, you know, someone is no longer working or just not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, Being the social isolation and all the loneliness that it's causing people, all of those things, I mean, they're manifesting themselves and just accelerating the awareness and the need um, for solutions to help people cope. Um, you know, with very high levels of, of stress, lack of sleep, you know, et cetera. So Incredible. anything we can innovate, anything we can innovate to bring people together through the screens to, you know, to help people feel better, to reduce their stress. And it's not just meditation. Meditation isn't for everyone, you know, and everyone's made, there's a lot of noise around, you know, meditation through Headspace and Calm and it's great. Right. But, you know, there's so many, you know, not everybody likes it. And um, it's not the only way to kind of, help people, you know, feel good. 
Um, so we're really putting the call out there for really smart, passionate, you know, techs and entrepreneurs to think about what, you know, what, how can technology serve, um, you know, humanity's, uh, you know, quest for well-being? What kind of products can Incredible. we develop for consumers? Um, you know, not 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 people who are. Of course, it's important to treat people with um, brain illness, um, and but at the same time, there's so much opportunity to to look at consumers. You know, the day to day. If it's our grandmothers, if it's our children, um, if it's our brothers and sisters, you right. know, just help them find ways to you know to feel good, to connect with each other, um, and to create healthy habits. I love so, it. So, Miri, um, before you know, before we leave, two notes. One, if you know, people have this, you know, passion for wellness and for, well, I, lo- I love what you said, going about solving the human quest for wellness and well-being and, and not just about illnesses, but, you know, I'm looking at my own grandparents and how there's so little solutions that connect the younger generation to the older generation. Uh, it's it's unbelievable that I'm watching, you know, I'm like you, you know, as a part of Jam Ventures, I get to watch, you know, hundreds of different startups come in yearly. So few of them are dealing with these issues that are so prevalent and they're and they're just growing. I mean, the, the gap is just increasing every day that goes by. So so definitely uh, they should reach out to Joy Ventures, I guess. And and I think that you're you're a perfect address to to give them advice and to and to talk them through their ideas and where we're headed. And and the second thing, uh, the last thing that I always love to do is I'm gonna put you on the spot one time during this interview, and I need three words that you would use to describe yourself or that anybody on your team would use to describe yourself or Rafi or any of the entrepreneurs that you're helping? Uh, so if it's describing me, um, I think, you know, uh, optimism yes. uh, is a really big part of who I am. Um, I really believe in the ability to, you know, um, to, I really see things See things in the you know with that with that full you know the half full cup. I love it. Uh, and, I think it, uh, I, I think really that think when that you when you work at Joy Ventures, you kind of bring optimism to the table already, just with a name. Yeah, yeah. I really, but it really is who I am. It's it's not just you know on paper. Um, and for me, also another big piece is kind of um, connecting. So I really love bringing people together. Um, and I think that with, you know, with innovation and startups, that's also certain, really super important. I think when we, you know, when we deal with innovation, um, it's not just about one person. It's really about um, not only going out and kind of talking to people and understanding what are people's pains, but also forming teams I love and it. working together. Um, and that's a big passion of mine is like enabling innovation through by connecting people and connecting, you know, um, organizations and and people with different um areas of expertise um and uh i guess we have to like we have to you know because of this uh conversation we've had i think we're gonna need to put the word brain as the third one because you know brain or brain tech i think is gonna be you know um is gonna be another good good keyword so wonderful um, so optimism unity and brain. I love it. I think it's a, a wonderful combination. Miri, I, I can't wait to learn more about what you guys do at, at Joy Ventures. And, and it resonates so much because, you know, the, the reason I came here to Palo Alto after the unit was to understand what are some of the biggest challenges that, you know, technology can help solve. And the more I'm exposed to these ideas, the more passionate I get at them. And, and definitely I can see myself taking part in, in this world that in, in this world that you're surrounded in. And, and it just sounds fantastic. Miri, thank you for being so generous with your time. Thank you for allowing me to run over because I enjoyed this interview 
so much. Uh, this is definitely longer than usual, but I just loved every every minute of it. So thank you very well, much. I enjoyed it too, Michael. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me. It's been it's been a real joy, and good luck with uh, with this program. It's a really uh, wonderful initiative. I do enjoy it too. Thank you. Thank you very very much. Take care. Take care. All the best. Good health.